The rematch of the biggest game of the season goes tonight in Los Angeles. What can we expect between the Edmonton Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings? All that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and former Oilers game day producer, Brett Holden. As mentioned on today's episode, the rematch of the biggest game of the season goes tonight for the Edmonton Oilers in Los Angeles as the Edmonton Oilers face off against the LA Kings at the Crypto.com Arena. We preview tonight's matchup in just a second, but also on today's episode, the Edmonton Oilers are only four points out of top spot in the Pacific Division and one point behind the Los Angeles Kings. We take a look ahead at the rest of the season for the Edmonton Oilers and we take a preview at what the Edmonton Oilers and of season stretch could look like and if they could push for that top spot in the Pacific Division and we wrap up today's episode with the ghost of Oilers past and this ghost became a fan favorite for using his fist all that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers thank you for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day we are free and available wherever you find your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Alrighty, tonight the Edmonton Oilers face off against the Los Angeles Kings for an 8.30 Mountain Time puck drop, and this is another big one. One point separates these two teams once again, just like it did the last time these two teams played on March 30th, last Thursday. And both teams are even closer to making it to the top of the Pacific Division. And it seems like both teams are kind of fighting for a way out of potentially playing each other in the first round. So this game is a pretty big one. Both teams want to get top spot and potentially a face off against a weaker team other than either the Edmonton Oilers or the LA Kings, but also B, get that home ice advantage. Neither team wants to be stuck in the other team's arena for a potential Game 7, Game 5 situation. And that is worth fighting for for these two teams. So let's take a look at the potential lineup for the Edmonton Oilers as there was no formal practice for the Oilers tonight. Now, in Los Angeles this past weekend was WrestleMania and at the Crypto.com Arena, the Raw after Mania also happened. So a lot of uh, movement around Crypto.com Arena. Don't imagine A, that the Oilers got a lot of time around the arena, but B, that the ice might not be too 
fantastic tonight. So it's something to watch out for too. But let's get into the lines for the Edmonton Oilers. As I expect, the Edmonton Oilers will likely run the exact same lineup they ran against the Kings uh, last Thursday. And that would be Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the top line alongside Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman. Evander Kane with Leon Dreisaitl and Kyler Yamamoto. Warren Fogle with Nick Bukestad and Matthias Janmark. The Oilers running an 11-7 lineup with Clem Costin and Derek Ryan being the 10th and 11 forwards in tonight's game. Darnell Nurse will be with Cody Cece, Matthias Ekholm, and Evan Bouchard, and Brett Kulak, and Vinny DeHarnay will be the third pairing as Philip Broberg will be the seventh defenseman, Stuart Skinner. Slated to get the start tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, that is important because the last time these two teams played, 2 nothing win for the Oilers, the first shutout of the season for the Oilers, backstopped by none other than, well, Stuart Skinner, who stopped 43 shots fired towards him, and the Edmonton Oilers took a massive win a two nothing win in that one evander kane getting a beautiful goal in that one with a just a world-class assist from leon dreisaitl and Connor mcdavid scoring his 61st goal of the year and his 300th goal in his career this is a game that will really preview will be a true preview of what we might see in the playoffs. Now, the game before on last Thursday was more of a, a measuring stick test or, or a final test for the Edmonton Oilers, an exam for the Edmonton Oilers, seeing where this team stacks up against basically the best team since the All-Star break, but the best team the Edmonton Oilers could possibly face down the stretch here. And they pass that test with flying colors. Now, tonight is the time for the Edmonton Oilers to go out there and not only prove that that test wasn't a fluke, but prove that this is a true series that people need to be watching out for. Now, a couple of things from that last game to watch out for in tonight's game. The first thing being the hit totals from last game. The Edmonton Oilers severely out hit the uh Carolina or the Carolina Hurricanes almost said Carolina but that is a little bit of a teaser for our Ghost of Oilers past so hold on to Carolina for that but uh the last time these two teams played the Oilers heavily out hit the Los Angeles Kings uh 34 to 18 double uh, of what the uh, LA Kings were putting out there, or almost double, 36 would be double. I told you I'm really good at math. But Evander Kane had eight hits on the night and four hits from Evan Bouchard. He was the second highest hitter for the Edmonton Oilers in that game behind Evander Kane. Another element to Evan Bouchard's game that we have seen grow since Matthias Ekholm's uh, entry, or intro into the Edmonton Oilers lineup. The other thing is the block shots. The Edmonton Oilers outblocked the LA Kings last time these two teams played 15 to 10. Matthias Ekholm had three blocks and Evander Kane, Darnell Nurse and Vinny DeHarnay all had two blocks each. The Edmonton Oilers need to make it difficult on the LA Kings to get pucks towards the net. That was something we talked about before the last game against the LA Kings. And that's exactly what happened against the Kings on Thursday. And guess what? 
the Oilers won. The same thing goes with the hits. They made it hard on the Kings to play in their own end. They made it hard on the Kings when they had the puck. They gave them no time when they did have the puck. And that is a recipe for success for the Edmonton Oilers. If they're able to replicate that, it may be a long night for the LA Kings. The final thing I wanted to touch on from last game between the Oilers and the Kings is that that was a real showing of what the Edmonton Oilers and more specifically Jay Woodcroft would like to do with his lines in the playoffs. These are the exact same lines that the Oilers ran against the Kings on Thursday. So taking a look at what the Edmonton Oilers ran with the last game, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, and Zach Hyman played 11 minutes and 23 seconds together. Uh, Evander Kane, Leon Dreisaitl, and Kyler Yamamoto played 10 minutes and 55 seconds together. And Warren Fogle, Nick Bukestad, and Matthias Janmark played 7 minutes and 21 seconds together. Now... McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, they'll all probably funnel between Costin and Ryan, Fogel and Yanmark. Uh, McDavid, Bukesad, and Yanmark was also one of the Oilers' best defensive lines on the night against the Los Angeles Kings, so that's another line to watch out for. But those top three lines are what Jay Woodcroft is looking for in big games. Then when it comes to the defensemen, Matthias Ekholm and uh, Evan Bouchard played 12 minutes and 37 seconds together. Darnell Nurse and Cody Ceci played 17 minutes and 2 seconds together. And shockingly, Brett Kulak and Vinny DeHarnay played 10 minutes and 34 seconds together. These are how the Edmonton Oilers, or these lines are how the Edmonton Oilers want to deploy themselves in big games, but in the playoffs as well. So watch out for how these lines are deployed, not only in this game, but also how they are deployed in this game. When uh, they're deployed in this game, if it's for a defensive faceoff, if it's Bukesad's line that's going out there, or for Leon Dreisaitl's line, who is going out there for an uh, uh, offensive zone faceoff, who are they trusting? After a big, long, potential uh, uh, cycle in the opposition, and how are they uh, deploying the next line after that? This is a big chess match in this game, in a regular season game, but in a game that may be a potential preview of a, one of the best playoff series we have seen in a very long time. The Edmonton Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings face off 8.30 Mountain Time tonight. It is going to be an absolute Banger! So don't. Oh my god! I genuinely can't wait for this game. Uh, let's move on on today's episode, and let's move on to the rest of the season for the Edmonton Oilers. As if the Edmonton Oilers were to win tonight's game, they would crawl even closer to being on top of the Pacific Division, depending on how the game between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Nashville Predators go tonight. But how does the rest of the schedule look for the Edmonton Oilers with the potential to reach the top spot in not only the Pacific Division, but the Western Conference? We will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. 
Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater you want to see. I was on my way to Roger's place on the LRT with no tickets already in my hands. I went on to the Game Time app with my buddy, and on the way to the game, I bought tickets, row three, watching the Oilers and the Bruins. It was unbelievable, and all I needed was two taps. Forget about planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in the matter of seconds, like I said. Just two taps and you are set. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Alrighty, let's move on to the rest of the season for the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers have five games remaining in their season, including tonight's game against the Los Angeles Kings. They then head to Anaheim tomorrow night for an 8 o'clock puck drop at the Honda Center. Then they head to San Jose on Saturday for a 2 p.m. puck drop there. And then on to Colorado on April 11th for a 7th. 30 puck drop and they come back to Edmonton for the final game of the season against the San Jose Sharks on April 13th at 7 o'clock. Two games against the Sharks, one game against the Kings, one game against the Ducks, and one game against the Colorado Avalanche. Now, Let's go through each of these teams here and preview the potential look at how the Edmonton Oilers may win the uh, Western Conference in general, not only the Pacific Division, but the Western Conference as well, and also what to expect from the teams down the stretch that the Edmonton Oilers play for the rest of the season. We already talked about the LA Kings. 45 wins, 22 losses, and 10 coming by way of overtime or shootout. They are second in the Pacific Division. And Kevin Fiala, their newest addition, well, one of their newest additions, they added Kevin Fiala in the offseason this year, leads the team in points, 23 goals, 49 assists, 72 points in 69 games. Kopitar and Kempe follow up uh, behind him with 68 points for Kopitar and 59 for Kempe. Now, the LA Kings have also been a team in a little bit of interesting goalie problems, goalie predicament could be a way to put it. As uh, the LA Kings started the year with Cal Peterson and Jonathan Quick. And now neither of those players are with the Kings in the NHL right now. Now manning the crease for the Los Angeles Kings is Jonas Corposalo, who they acquired in a trade with Vladislav Gavrikov and the Columbus Blue Jackets. 
for Jonathan Quick, who is now uh, the goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights. But since Corpusalo has joined the LA Kings, his numbers have been unbelievable. Five wins, two losses, one coming way of overtime or shootout. Has a 1.75 goals against average and a save percentage of 0.937. Now, he also then accompanies... Phoenix Copley, who has held down the fort for the Los Angeles Kings for a weird amount of time this season. A 24-4-3 record. Yeah, 24-4-3 on the season for Copley. 0.901 save percentage with a 2.67 save percentage. Now, uh, er, goals against average, excuse me. This is a good team. We know that. If the Edmonton Oilers can get past this LA Kings team, then their road might be a little rosier or easier than we expect. Then they go on to Anaheim, as mentioned, tomorrow night, who are 23-44-10 with 56 points on the season. They are last in the Pacific Division and don't really have a lot of point getters really Trevor Zegras on top with 60 points uh 22 goals 38 assists then Troy Terry who's only played 66 games this year 21 goals 35 assists 56 points and Cam Fowler sits third on the team in points with 77 games played 10 goals 34 assists 44 points but the real issue has been in net for the Anaheim Ducks. A carousel of sorts for the Ducks this year as Christopher Christopher Gibson, John Gibson. Christopher Gibson is a very obscure Swedish goaltender who used to play in the NHL for a couple of years, so excuse me there. But uh, John, and also if I'm not mistaken, they were the same draft. But John Gibson is the normal number one for the Ducks this year. 14 wins, 30 losses, and 8 coming by way of overtime. Anthony Stolarz, who was injured for a good portion of the year, 5 wins, 6 losses, no, uh, nothing coming by way of shootout or overtime. He has a 3.73 goals against average and a .899 save percentage. In fact, all three Ducks goaltenders have a .899 save percentage, including Lucas Dostal, who beat the Oilers earlier this year. Uh, he has a 4-8-2 record on the year with a 3.89 goals against average. And Curtis, or Curtis Gibson, there we go. I almost gave him another name. John Gibson, uh, he gets a 3.89. 99 goals against average on the year. Now, he was also a guy at the start of the season that even I was saying, or in the offseason, I was going, maybe you should take a look at Gibson instead of uh, Jack Campbell for the this free Oilers goaltending spot. Yeah. Um, wouldn't have been fantastic with that .899 save percentage. And again, that's a save percentage that is shared with all the Anaheim Ducks teams, but, or goaltenders, but still... Uh, not fantastic, especially that goals against average at 3.99. Not great. Now, uh, there are a couple of similarities with these teams. We'll get to those in a second, but I just want to talk about the Avalanche and the Sharks specifically before we get there. The Avalanche this season have 
had a pretty odd season. A lot of injuries for the uh, Avalanche so far this year, including Gabriel Landeskog, Josh Manson, uh, uh, Pavel Francouz, who is still out, and Arturi Lekkinen, who broke his finger recently against his former team, the Montreal Canadiens. No, those are just the active injuries they have right now. They have had Kale McCarr has been out for uh, periods of time. Uh, they have also had Bowen Byram out for long periods of time, too. They have really gone through a difficult time. But throughout that, 45-24-6 on the year, it's 96 points. They are third in the Central Division, and it's the usual suspects at the top of the leaderboard for them. McKinnon, 34 goals, 63 assists, 97 points for Nathan McKinnon. Miko Rantanen, 75 games played, 49 goals, 43 assists, 92 points. And Kale McCarr in 60 games, 17 goals, 49 assists, 66 points. It's been the usual. However, the goaltending for the Colorado Avalanche has been individually very solid, but as a team, not great. Alexander Georgiev has played over 50 games this year because of all the injuries we have seen from the uh, Colorado Avalanche. 35 wins, 16 losses, 5 overtime or shootout losses. He has a 2.54 goals against average and a .919 save percentage. Other than that, Jonas Johansson and Keith Kincaid have also split time in the crease for the Colorado Avalanche, but it's been Pavel Francouz, who has won the cup last year with the uh, Colorado Avalanche, who's missed the most amount of time. Seven wins, seven losses, one loss by way of overtime or shootout. He's only played in 15 games this year with a 2.54 goals against average and a .919 save percentage. Those are nice numbers to have in the lineup, but like I've said for a long time, with this Colorado Avalanche team heading into the playoffs. Yes, they're probably going to push a Gabriel Landis cog back. Although right now it's not a promise. Arthur, uh, uh, Josh Manson, Pavel Francouz, or Turi Lekkinen, they'll all be back at some point for the playoffs. However, for everybody else in the playoffs, it's playoff time. They are ready for playoffs. They are, their body, their game is set for playoffs. For everybody else who's coming back from injury, this is game number one, basically, coming back from injury. Arturi Lekkinen did play good portion of the season as well, but he's still coming back from an injury that restricts you from holding the stick in your hand. Gabriel Landeskog's been out all year. Pavel Francouz has only gotten into 15 games all year. And Josh Manson tried to come back earlier this year, but ended up injured once again. This is a team that, while they are good, you cannot deny that, they are battling a lot of different things on and off the ice. And the Colorado Avalanche may be a very vulnerable team in the long run and down the stretch. So watch out for a potential collapse for the Colorado Avalanche. That could be a game that the Oilers can jump on and get some points. But as well, when it comes to the playoffs, I'm not too scared about the Colorado Avalanche. And finally, the San Jose Sharks, 22 wins, 39 losses, 15 overtime or shootout losses, 59 points 
on the season. They are seventh on the air in the Pacific Division, one above the Anaheim Ducks, and uh, absolute coming out season for Eric Carlson, a season that he needed after all the injuries that he's had, his inability to stay on the ice. 76 games played for him, 22 goals, 73 assists, good for 95 points. He has the most amount of five-on-five points in the NHL this year. Then it's a relatively a number-wise a drastic drop-off. Logan Couture second with uh, 27 goals, 37 assists, good for 64 points in 76 games. And Tomas Hertel, uh, 21 goals, 39 assists, good for 60 points. But again, this has been a story that has been in the crease. Honestly, they 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 aren't a good team. Let's be real. They aren't a good team. Uh, and it's uh, evident in the crease. Just James Reimer having an awful season to, uh, to really forget. 12 wins, 18 losses, 8 coming by way of shootout or uh, overtime loss, a 330 average and a .895 save percentage. That is god-awful. That is not very good for James Reimer. And Kapokakinen had a very drastic drop-off this season for the San Jose Sharks. Nine wins, 18 losses, six in overtime or shootout, a 3.83 save percentage, and an 880, uh, or 3.83 goals against average, excuse me, and an 880 save percentage. Both of those numbers are awful for both of those goaltenders. This is a bad team, and the Edmonton Oilers have punished the Sharks already this season, and they need to do it again. Now, the last time these two teams played, they played in what was potentially the game of the year for these two teams and in the NHL as well. But the Edmonton Oilers need to get away with that or get away from that down the stretch for the rest of the season. We saw the Oilers struggle against the Coyotes. We saw them struggle against the Sharks. But now the last two weeks, the Oilers absolutely put away the Anaheim Ducks as they should have. Big win against the Los Angeles Kings, and they absolutely torched, put a touchdown up on the Vegas Golden Knights. This has been a different team from even the last time the Sharks and the Oilers played these may be real examples for the Edmonton Oilers against the Sharks uh, on uh, Saturday and in the last game of the season. Now, in the last game of the season, you could probably expect a couple of players not in the lineup, just resting for the playoffs, but you never know. Now, just to wrap up on this segment as well, the power play and PK numbers for these teams are pretty interesting down the stretch for the Oilers. Now, we all know the Edmonton Oilers have a historical power play going right now at a 32.4%. That would be the best power play in NHL history. But the other teams the Edmonton Oilers are facing for the rest of the year and not so great. The best being the Los Angeles Kings power play, who is fourth in the NHL with 25.3. Very good. But other than that, not so much. Anaheim Ducks, 31st in the league with a 15.9%. Colorado Avalanche, third in the league, not too bad, at a 25.3%. But the San Jose Sharks at a 26 or 26th in the league with an 18.2. Then we look at the penalty kill, which is even more shocking for each of these teams. Now, the Oilers, not great at all as well. 21st in the league with a 76.1%. However, 
the best team of all of the teams we have talked about here with the best penalty kill is the San Jose Sharks as they are fourth in the NHL in penalty killing with an 82.8% penalty kill. After that, the Colorado Avalanche are 16th on their penalty kill with a 79.3%. The LA Kings have a 23rd uh, best penalty kill with a 75.7. And the Anaheim Ducks, 31st with a 72.6%. The Edmonton Oilers are going up against teams with... Middle of the road. Now, we expected the uh, Avalanche and the Kings to have pretty solid uh, power plays. But their penalty kills, mm, not so much. And the fact that the Oilers' biggest concern on the penalty kill is the San Jose Sharks, mm, I think the Oilers will take that. So, down the stretch, the Edmonton Oilers have five games remaining. One against the Kings, one against the Ducks, two against the Sharks, and one against the Colorado Avalanche with 10 points up for grabs, and they are four points back from first place in the Pacific Division. Can they do it and get the top spot in the Western Conference? You tell me. Let's wrap up today's episode with the Ghost of Oilers Pass. And this guy was a beast. A Big Mac, if you want to even call him that. I will give you that hint there. Let's get into the Ghost of Oilers Pass in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you gotta try Built Bar. Listen, if you're like me and you're trying to eat healthier but don't want to sacrifice taste, which I completely understand, that is the most important part of eating, then you gotta try Built Bar. I don't get how they do it, but with Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they are so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. So what makes Built so good? Well, it's probably the fact that they use 100% real chocolate. Yes, I said real chocolate. Plus, they have so many undeniably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Oh my goodness, I am drooling. Just thinking of it now, but don't mind me. I don't know how they do it, but despite how delicious it tastes, all their delicious flavors, it is all good for you, despite the fact that it also tastes like a candy bar. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. I don't know how they do it, but... If you are able to get to a participating Walmart or Sam's Club and you can buy a box now, you can thank me later. Alrighty, let's wrap up today's episode with the ghost of Oilers Pass. And this ghost was a guy who brought some of the bright moments in the decade of darkness. While it wasn't easy sometimes, actually all the time, he had to use his fists to do so. But either way, Big Mac brought the smiles to oil country when the they were heavily needed in certain points. And the ghost of Oilers Pass on today's episode is... Steve 
McIntyre. Yes, 91 games in the NHL and 60 of them being as an Edmonton Oiler. Two goals, one assist, three points for him as an Edmonton Oiler. 140 point or 140 penalty minutes. Imagine if he had 140 points. 140 penalty minutes for Steve McIntyre as an Edmonton Oiler and 140 of his 175 in his NHL career as the Edmonton Oilers picked up Steve McIntyre on September 28th, 2008 while he was on waivers from the Florida Panthers. He was on waivers after signing a contract with the Florida Panthers, his first contract in the NHL, then hit waivers and the Edmonton Oilers snatched him up. He played a couple of seasons with the Edmonton Oilers from 2008 to 2010. In that time, he would bring break his orbital bone in a fight against Eric Goddard in 2008. And in his first game as an Edmonton Oiler, he cemented himself as a true Oilers legend, really, as he would go on to fight future teammate for a future Oiler as well, Jim Vandermeer in the Battle of Alberta. His first game and already tossing the mitts in a Battle of Alberta game. However... He would be placed on waivers once again by the Edmonton Oilers on November 9th, 2009, where he would be picked up by the Florida Panthers uh, that season. They would end up finishing the season together, the uh, uh, Panthers and McIntyre. However, that offseason, Steve McIntyre would re-sign with the Edmonton Oilers, and then the moment that most people remember the moment where he knocked out racious evenings at Rexall Place. That place was aurorous on October 7th, 2010, as the one of the quickest, weirdest fights that you could have ever seen. Uh, just two absolute superstars in their own right. Just two guys who can fight, fight, and fight. Squared up against each other and out goes Evenins. Obviously a scary scene as well, uh, seeing the entire situation. But uh, Rexall Place blew up when they saw that happen. And if I'm not mistaken, that was a game that the Calgary Flames were really taking the Oilers to town in. And the Oilers needed something like that. And specifically, Oilers fans needed something as a real pick-me-up. And that was what Steve McIntyre brought. The Edmonton Oilers weren't a good team when McIntyre was on the team. I mean, he played 60 games for the Oilers and had three of his four points as an Edmonton Oiler. The Oilers weren't that good if they're deploying him 60 times in three seasons. But, he brought some fantastic, fantastic memories to Edmonton Oilers fans. And on another personal level, the last time we did a Ghost of Oilers Pass, he was also somebody that I interviewed. But Steve McIntyre was one of the first interviews that I did as a junior high kid. As he used to live by my junior high, I happened to stop by and say, Hey, I'm a guy who, I'm a kid who wants to be in the media you want to help out i always liked i always liked you so uh he said yeah absolutely invited me into his home and allowed me to ask my 10 questions that i always asked and was a real 
nice guy. So I, I, I completely thank Steve McIntyre specifically for that because he has launched this career and I wouldn't be where I am today without him. But this whole segment isn't about where I am today. It's about where the ghosts of Oilers Pass are today now. So I mentioned to you to remember Carolina. Now I mentioned for you to remember that because Steve McIntyre, after finishing his career, he would spend a couple of uh, years with Pittsburgh or around the Pittsburgh area, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, played some games in the AHL. But then he would go on to play pro hockey in Carolina with the Carolina Thunderbirds in the FHL and the FPHL. During that time, Steve McIntyre was a firefighter in the Carolina area. However, in 2019 or around 2019-2020, he would end up leaving his hockey career and end up leaving his uh, uh, firefighting career as well to head back home to Brock, Saskatchewan. He actually lives three uh, kilometers, I believe, three miles west of where his uh, family and his parents grew up. He moved back to uh, Saskatchewan to be closer to his family as his father was going through some... Uh, health problems. However, as Steve McIntyre did say on the Andy Strickland and Cam Jansen podcast just four days ago, his family is doing fine. He is now a farmer, a cattle farmer in Saskatchewan. However, he did admit that Alberta beef is better. So let's wrap up on that note. Today's ghost of Oilers Pass, Steve McIntyre, thank you so much, Steve. I appreciate everything you did, not only for me, but for Oil Country as well. Alrighty, let's wrap up today's episode as the Edmonton Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings face off in a massive matchup tonight. 8.30 puck drop at the Crypto.com Arena. Stuart Skinner looks to defend that massive game he had, the 43-save shutout, and we shall see if the Edmonton Oilers can hop over the LA Kings in the standings once again in their final tune-up before the NHL playoffs. Thank you so much for joining us today, everybody, and hopefully at the end of tonight's game, we can all play La Bamba, baby.